I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, February 12, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, we have somewhat more of the same. We have another gap higher. We have the market at new highs. There's nothing new that we can discuss about the market that we haven't already discussed. They're in an uptrend. There's technically nothing wrong with the market when you look at this chart, other than the fact that it's extended, quote unquote. It's overbought, quote unquote. Those conditions can stay that way for a very long time. That's why we don't like to use them because there really is no measurement for how overbought or oversold a market is. When is the end? You can't get a measurement out of that type of fake indicator and i'm not really sure whether they sell those two the overbought and the oversold indicator at joe's indicator shop if they do they're probably 49.95 let's get back to business there is stuff to discuss i also found something else that's pretty cool we'll also check in at our other cool thing and i also picked up some material as i glanced over at our favorite financial news network saw something they were talking about turned on the sound, and in 17 seconds flat, had material for tonight. Let's get down to business. Let's go ahead and review the charts of the S&P. We'll start with the 240-minute chart, similar to what we did yesterday. And first thing I want to bring to our attention is the doji candle that existed yesterday. We had a down candle after that. And what happened today? Another gap higher and another doji candle. So in a sense... We don't really care about those. They're not meaningful when the market is just grinding higher on light volume. If other charts aren't confirming and we don't see a real sign or signal of a trend change from an intraday perspective, some kind of a gap in crap on volume, if we don't see something like that developing, then we can't really hold too much stock in those type of things. They're important when they're important. They're not always important. It's our job to read the market to determine which ones are really more important than others. Nothing works 100% of the time, and that's the art form of this business. Decide what we're going to use, when we're going to use it, and why, and decide what we're going to discard, when we're going to discard it, and why. That's the art form coupled with the scientific analysis that we do every single day. Anything other than an uptrend on this chart? Absolutely not. Let's move it along. 120-minute chart, any new evidence? No. Gap higher, run sideways, eat time off the clock, setting up for another move higher. Now, one of these moves higher will fail. We just don't know which one, but the chart is telling us Nothing has changed. You go down to an hourly chart and what do you see? You see the same routine. The market gaps higher. It stays inside the opening range all day long. At the end of the day, it busts out a little bit, but never really got anywhere after the gap up in the morning. And guess what? Everybody gets that experience when you're trading intraday in the market. There's not anything or much to do on these type of gap hires in the morning. So inside the numbers members, for example, what was the commentary today? We had morning commentary, 
But in a sense, after the gap up, there wasn't anything to do. We had the numbers. We knew the downside. We knew the upside. We knew, obviously, if they busted out over the opening range high, we knew what that meant. Everybody knows what that means. It means you're going higher. We knew the opening range low was a bogey. We knew some numbers below that from the overnight activity. Other than that, the market didn't do anything, so there was nothing to do. What about the trades today? What about stocks on the move? I can show you the list, but it's a waste of time. I'm actually going to show you the charts. We always want to look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. Today wasn't good. Today wasn't bad. It certainly wasn't ugly. It just wasn't. There was nothing to do. The trades were a dud. Let's go over them. Lift. Getting a haircut at the open. Closed yesterday, 53.93. Our spot was 49.10. You can see what happened. Went a little bit lower, bounced right back. It gave anybody that wanted a trade a trade. It went back and forth for a long, long time. And then we know what happens when the market goes back and forth. When it eats time off the clock after a larger move. So a move higher, like a gap up in the morning in the S&P, then it goes sideways, we're expecting another move higher. That's a bull flag pattern, essentially. What about this one? A move lower, it's really the mirror image. It's the opposite direction. You have a move lower. If you don't get the quick reaction, that big rally, that big rocket ride that we're looking for, and it starts to go sideways, it's not a lock, but what it's really telling you is the odds on that it's going to go lower. So you have to get out of the position. So this one really didn't give us any kind of rocket ride. Gave a lot of traders a trade, but that was it. The takeaway, the price levels work. Stocks are headed to a destination Once they get to the destination, if you have the destination right, they're generally going to stop on a dime within pennies, you know the routine, and then they're going to reverse and go in the other direction. Sometimes they just stop and they hang out for a while. We don't like those. That's what happened today for the most part. Western Union was different. This stock was getting a nice buzz cut at the open. Closed yesterday up around 28 and a quarter. Our spot was 25.92, went down by a few pennies, and then it bounced right back up, went on its little rocket ride, but it never was able to get above the high of the day. Came back down to where? The same price area that was to be important earlier in the day. It was important then, it was important later, it goes to show you the price level was important. All things considered, this one gave everybody a reasonable trade if they chose to get in. Looking at a five-minute chart, here's what happened very, very quickly. By 9.15 in the morning, you were already up at 26.50. 60 cents on a $26 stock, you have to take some off the table. That's a good scalp trade. That's quality right there. Here's another one that didn't do anything. 1914 was the number. Stock's down 10%. Pretty much stops on a dime, goes a little bit lower, pops right back up to where? 1914. Didn't do anything. It's a dud. Two takeaways. One is, the price is important. We know the prices. We know how to find them. And I already forgot the other thing that was important, so we'll move on to the next stock. That's what happens when you're on live TV. CyberArk was the next one. It opened below the first price, so that one's off the table. The second price comes into view, goes a little bit lower, pops right back up. You see what happened. It gave traders the out. It gave them the trade. And by the way, it wasn't peanuts. It got up over 122 twice providing more than a dollar gain, but it didn't go anywhere, so it's another dud. But that's going to happen, folks. You see what happens every single day. We have a lot of trades that hit all the time. Most of them work out very, very nicely. And guess what? 
on days like this when the market's not giving the opportunity and we have trades and they hit and they don't work out, I'd rather have the duds than losses. At least we know the numbers work. Short hop time. We're going to get over to cool thing number one for tonight. We're talking NASDAQ composite, and I want you to think back, and if you're too young, you can just listen. You don't have to think back. But if you're older and you remember what happened around the year 2000, the big deal at the time, along with the dot-com bubble, was NASDAQ 5000. Right now, we're at over 9,700, 97 and a quarter on NASDAQ composite. NASDAQ 5000 20 years ago, NASDAQ 10,000 approaching 20 years later. Now remember, a few weeks ago, I brought up another item. And it was just that. It was the anniversary of the March 2000 top. And that coincides with NASDAQ 5000, which was a big deal in the news back then. You can go double check for yourself. So here we are again talking NASDAQ, but we're talking NASDAQ 10,000. Now there's some other numerology that fits in here. I'm not going to teach that here. It's really involved stuff, and it should be a course. In fact, it is a course in and of itself. But I'm going to give you a little sniff test. Let's just say we like to keep things simple, and we do. We talk about big, fat, round numbers a lot. We also talk about a lot of other things that are taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Retracements, pivots, symmetry, and a lot of other things. Well, all these things work together. They work together along with numbers and it's not just the numbers but it's what you can do with the numbers remember the whole square root thing well while it didn't last a whole hell of a long time it did work some things work a whole lot better than others some things are much more important than others and sometimes we don't find out which ones are more important than others until after the fact there's no leading indicator for which is going to be important later But let's frame it out like this. So we have NASDAQ 5000. It was a big deal. Let's go back in time, identify 5000, and then let's go to a shorter term chart and you can see what happened once we got there. You can obviously see on the monthly chart, but it doesn't really do it justice. So real quick, we go back to the year 2000. Here's March of 2000. That was precisely March 10th. There was a retest. There was a failure, but that's 5000. So it went a little bit above, but that was basically the line in the sand. Now, what happens when you fast forward? Here's the NASDAQ climbing. Okay, now we're into 2013 on the left side, 2014, 2015 on the right side. And as we go in time, we finally approach 5,000 once again, which under normal garden variety market conditions, you would expect it to be some resistance. 15 years later, we revisit the same double top area. It's going to be resistance. And it was resistance, but the market fought through. And after a couple of years, it started to break out. We've been on a relentless run higher ever since with obviously pullbacks along the way. But here we are approaching a double from NASDAQ 5000 to NASDAQ 10,000. Stay with me. There's a method to the madness. It's not just 10,000 I'm going to show you. But here's the deal. Under normal garden variety conditions, would we expect two things? Would we expect 10,000 to be resistance? And the answer is naturally yes. Could it bust through by a little bit? Sure it could. But would it be resistance under normal conditions? Yes, it would. The second thing is 
Should we get there? Will we get there? Is it probable that we'll get there? And the answer is, I don't know if we'll get there, but at this point, don't you think 10000 acts as somewhat of a magnet? Wouldn't that price, that big, fat, round number, be magnetic and be drawing the NASDAQ up? Is that the destination? Is that where we're going? Are we going to NASDAQ 10,000? Are we going to Dow 30,000? Incidentally, the Dow is close to 30,000. Most of you know that already. 29,551 on close today. So all these things play in. They don't have to hit them on the button, but should they get there? Should they spike through a little bit? Come up short by a couple of ticks, a couple of dollars, a couple of points, whatever. But all in all, that's what is happening. Is it S&P 3,500? Is it 3,400? Is it somewhere in between? We don't know, but these are big, fat, round numbers coming up. Now, here's the other thing I wanted to show you in terms of numbers. Most of you may not even think of this. Most of you may think this is just flat out stupid, but watch this. And again, this is just a sniff test. This is just something stupid simple that you can work with, that you can play with, that you can test out variations of. We're talking about two important numbers, 5,000 and 10,000. Fair enough. What's in between? How about 7,500? All right, so we go back in time. We're back to 2017 here in the middle, going into 2018. And what happens? Once we get to 7,500, bingo. This is a weekly chart. What's this low right here? 66.30 off 7,500 in a couple of weeks. Was there any magic involved in that? No, absolutely not. I told you, this one's simple. I'm keeping it simple. There's a whole lot more complexity to stuff like this, but I'm just giving you a taste test. Remember, it was a sniff test. By the way, what's in between 10,000 and 7,500? about 1875? Let's see what happens when we get to 1875. about 8750? This is a daily chart. It's recent. It's in 2019. What happens when we get to 8750? Well, you can see here we came up short, sold off, went back up to it, stalled out for a day, gapped up and went. So 8750 wasn't really that important of a number like 5,7500, but you can see it was pretty close. You can see the concept, by the way, if you take another half of that in between 10,000 and 8750 is 93.75. Look what happened at 93.75. Hey, you doing? And again, this isn't even the real stuff. This is like child's play. Getting back to business, what's going on over in Camp IWM? Yesterday, they challenged this pivot high was rejected. Today, they're challenging that pivot high and they're almost cleared. The pivot high is 168.15. What is the close today? 168.11. Any accidents or coincidences? I think not. What's the high of day? 168.29. So they sold off a little bit, but you can see what's going on. This high over here happens to be 168.01. So now we're above the breakdown candle high, waiting to clear this pivot. Is this bullish or bearish? Can the market collapse and fall out of bed tomorrow? Yes, it can. Are any charts telling us that's going to happen? No, they're not. If you get a black swan, something out of left field, that's one thing. But the charts are saying something different. When analyzing the market, we have to take it at face value. Anything other than that is just a guess. What are they trying to tell us down at the transportation department? They're trying to tell us they got back above the moving averages. Remember that gap that was missed? So we had a gap here 
11,059 and change. We missed it here by a little bit. Here they are again. Now, they haven't filled it yet. However, would you be expecting the same type of reaction on the second go-around that you would have been expecting on the first go-around? And the answer is, no, you wouldn't. Anything bearish on this chart at present? No. Weekly chart of the transports, anything bearish on this chart? No. Above all the moving averages, working its way back to the top of the channel. This is the channel that we've been talking about for a long, long time. Moving averages, supporting price. What's this telling us? Is this telling us that the market's going to collapse? Or is this telling us that the market is still bullish? It's telling us the market's still bullish until it's not. Remember this one? The trend is your friend until it's not. We just had a discussion on the NASDAQ. Here are the cues. Anything different? It's in a melt-up scenario. There's nothing we can say other than they continue to melt up. It's a grind higher. It's overextended, way above all the moving averages. But what can you say other than it's a melt-up? The XLF, new highs were above that important $30.98. We're basically at the highs. If traders are looking for today's candle to be a reversal candle, it's not. Doesn't mean the market won't come down tomorrow. It's just not a reversal candle. You didn't have it supported by volume. It's just a red candle at the highs on the chart. Smash Mouth, good old SMH, which is the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. Again, same routine, high on the chart, new highs. The market is not saying bearish. Therefore, anything other than the uptrend and bullish would just be a guess or a bias. Are we in the middle of a blow-off top? Are we going to get some huge reversal one day? Yeah, we're probably going to get that huge reversal. The issue is, from what price? The market defies gravity in both directions. It's defying gravity now. Price is the absolute arbiter, and the market is never, ever wrong. And that, my friends, is a great place to tell you how much I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.